All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, guys, and we'll get started. You ready? Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching us, Holy Spirit. We know that you are the great teacher. And we ask you to lead us and guide us tonight. We ask you to give us wisdom. We ask you to give us ears to hear and eyes that see. And we trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we're going to continue on uh, the subject of the power of confession. And um, uh, it's a very exciting subject and something that uh, I've, I've taught for probably 25 years, but I don't think I've ever practiced it as much as I've practiced it over the last several months. And so tonight I want to slow it down a little bit and maybe take some uh, more detailed, slower into some of the scriptures because I can get really excited about it. And um, it's never been as effective for me as it is now. And that goes along with the parable of the sower. You know, the seed begins to sprout and grow and you don't know how. So whenever you spend time in the word and you practice the word and you sow a, a, a seed of harvest or seed on the tables of your heart, it always begins to grow. And the more you use it, the more powerful it becomes, the more effective it becomes, the more you begin to understand it. And so I want us to look at a few verses tonight. And we're going to talk a lot about the... Of course, we're going to be talking about Joshua 1.8. Uh, it's really hard to talk about the power of confession without including Joshua 1.8. But um, in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to talk a lot of, tonight about the woman with the issue of blood. And so we're going to tie in the power of confession. We're going to see how confession worked uh, for her, how her confession worked. But we're going to see that it works in healing. It works and has an effect on the physical body. And we're also going to see, we're going to pay a lot of attention to what she did. It's important to see what she did and understand what she did. And so if we look at Matthew chapter 9, there's two uh, sections of Scripture that we're going to pay attention to with the woman with the issue of blood. The first one is in Matthew 9. So we're going to get Matthew's account of it. And then we're going to look at Mark in uh, Mark chapter 5. And we're going to look at Mark's account of it. And so in Matthew chapter 9, if we're reading from the King James Version, it says this in verse 20, verse 20 and 21, it says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said, now notice these words, this is very important words, for she said within herself. Remember how we were talking about in Joshua 1.8, it says the word meditate means to speak to oneself, right? This is not an advertising campaign. You know, a lot of times we try to, not we, but sometimes when people don't really understand or they hear a message on confession, they think they got to say it out in front of everybody. Well, you always have to be careful about what you say, but this is the, the purpose of confession is so that you get it, right? The purpose is not to convince someone else or to seem spiritual or to... And, and you know, what really strikes me about this message is no matter how many times I say it, and this is why Jesus, I think Jesus put so much emphasis on saying, is when you go to Mark 11, 23 and 24, like we did last week, and we talked about how Jesus put three times the emphasis on what you say as what you believe, is because Jesus knew the problem was in the saying. And I practiced that again this week. I, I talked to several people about it, and I would tell them just what I just said. And every time they would respond to me, we have to read the Word. What does that tell me? There's a reason that Jesus put emphasis on what you say because people don't get it. And I've tried to say it 52 different ways. 
But every time I talk to somebody for the first time, they never respond back with, I need to say it. They always respond back with, I need to read it. There's a difference between reading and saying as there is daylight and dark, isn't there? And so this point here, we're going to see in a minute that the woman... Why did the woman touch Jesus? Let's examine that first. What was her purpose for touching him to begin with? He wanted to be healed, right? But what about all those other people that touched him? What did they want? To be healed. How many of them got healed? One. Her. So we have to examine what she did, not what they did, because I don't want to know what they did. Is that right? Do you want to know what people did who failed, or do you want to know what people did who succeed? But we're going to look at both of them. We're going to look at both cases because I think it's very eye-opening what they did. That whole group failed, by the way. See, that's what Jesus said. Joshua, we're going to go back to Joshua for a minute. That's what God told Joshua. He said, don't look to your left hand or look to your right. Don't examine what the person on your left side is doing. Don't examine what the person on your right side is doing. Do what I'm telling you to do and keep my word in your mouth and you will prosper and you will succeed and you will have good success. Do not turn to the left. Do not turn to the right. Do this. And remember, Joshua did something that Moses did not accomplish. Joshua was able to take the people into the promised land. Joshua was able to bring them to a good land. Joshua was able to bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. Joshua was able to bring them into a land that had an abundance. And how did he do it? God said, there's going to be one way, Joshua, where you're going to do this. Moses failed at it. But here's how you're going to do it. You're going to do it by keeping my word in your mouth, saying what I say constantly, speaking to yourself, constantly uttering what I say, constantly saying my words. And you're not saying them for everybody else to hear them. You're saying them for yourself to hear them because when yourself hears them, you're going to gain faith and faith is going to cause you to inherit the promise. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Faith is going to cause you to inherit the promise. Faith is going to produce in you a desire and the energy to bring to pass the promise. If you confess the word of God, you will find the energy, you'll find the ability, you'll find the power to be able to perform it. And and, and you think about this. When have you ever have you ever come across the scripture and thought, man, I just fell at that scripture. I just I wish I could be like that. I wish I could. I wish I could do that. I, you know, with me, I'm a very aggressive person. I can be very rough. I can be, you know, especially when I'm in entrepreneurial mode, I can be very direct and very rough. I have to be because of the sheer number of phone calls I get. I don't have time to hear about your family history. I just need to know what you need so I can help you get an answer and move on. And so I come across rough, and it's only through the case of being able to survive. It's not a case that I want to be ugly. I just, I got 16 other people waiting for another call. And so it really bothers me sometimes, though, because I don't want to be that way. And so there'll be times where I'll come across the Scripture, and I'm looking in the Scripture, and I'm looking at 1 Corinthians, you know, about walking in love, and I thought, man, I sure wish I could do that. I I really, 
I really want to be able to do that. And then I'll read it, and then I'll go out to perform it, and what happens? I fail miserably. Right? Well, what did Joshua say? What did God say to Joshua? He said, one translation of that verse is that you may be able to perform it. And so what I've got to do is what? What do I need to do? What is that that I need to do? I need to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I need to confess all of the things that love is and say, I have that. And I keep doing it, and I keep doing it, and what's going to happen to me over time. Now, how you're going to know if I'm doing it or not is you should see a change in me in several months. Right? And if you don't, you're going to know that I had not been practicing. Because if I'm practicing and I'm planting seed, then it's got to come up, Jesus said, that the seed would sprout and grow, and I don't know how. So what? You find the ability to perform the word by saying the word. The ability comes, the energy comes, the power to perform it, the power to do it comes. The ability comes by confessing the word, when you begin to confess it. Now see, this lady, and he said in Joshua, he said, meditate, speak softly, say to yourself over and over, day and night, that you may be able to do it. You'll find the power, one translation said, to perform it. Now, he says that word puts the emphasis on, speak softly to yourself. The woman with the issue blood, or she said within herself. There's a lot of good information here. See, you, want to, you really do want, I said earlier, I didn't really care what the other people did because they failed, but you almost really do need to know both sides. You really need to know what caused them to fail and what caused her to succeed because they both had the word. Right? This lady, for she said within herself. Now, let's think about that a moment. Why did she say to herself? Why was she saying the word to herself? Why was she confessing the word to herself? Because she wasn't allowed to be around anybody. First of all. She wasn't even allowed to leave her house. If she was to come out for some kind of emergency reason, she had to proclaim unclean, unclean, unclean. And everybody had to scatter from her. They had to keep distance from her. It was against the law for her to mingle among people. And so she's trapped by herself. Really, she's left to her own thinking. Well, there was something else that she did. First of all, let's examine this. What gave her the right to make a, 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 a statement that if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be me a will? Where did she get that thought? Where did that thought come from? What, what caused her to think? Because that's not in the scriptures. There's no scripture that says that you can touch the hem of Jesus' garment and be made well until she did it. So before her, there was nothing in the scripture that said there was something magical about Jesus' robe. And it, should she touch it, she would be made well. So what gave her this thought? What caused her to think about this? See, Jesus, now if you put this with Jesus... Jesus said a man can have what he says if he does what? Doubts not in his heart, but believes what? What he says, right? If he doubts not and believes what he says, he will have what? Whatever he says. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus tells you this will work, but there had to be something that caused her to have faith into believing that she could touch the hem of his garment. And, 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 and that faith began to produce in her 
so rapidly that she could not contain it within herself anymore, so she had to start saying it. And she said it by herself when nobody was around. That's really when it works for you. It really is when it works for you. Now, keep in mind this too. She's been bleeding for 12 years. How much energy do you think she has? She's probably extremely weak, isn't she? But did you know in Hebrews chapter 11, it says through faith they were made strong? (laughs) Through faith. Talking about the, the hall of faith. It says through faith they were made strong. They conquered the mouths of lions. Remember, we talked last week. David ran down a lion and and smote him with his bare hands. Hallelujah. He did the same thing to a bear. What happened? David received strength through faith. Now, remember this. This woman, in the background of this situation where she touches the hem of his garment, there's there's a crowd, a massive crowd that is around Jesus and they're all touching him, and they're all trying to get to him. And, and it's for one reason, is because they want to be made well. And none of them are getting anything. But th- somehow, this weak, anemic woman finds the strength to get to him in that crowd. Where did that strength come from? Through faith, they were made strong. Now, but the woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years, 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Now let's look at, let's look at Matthew 9.20 through the NET version. Let's look at what it says. Let's look how he translates it. Same scripture. For she kept saying, she kept saying, who did she say that to? herself. She kept saying to herself, if only I touch his cloak. Now keep that thought in the back of your mind. What gave her the idea that she could do that? There was no scripture in the Old Testament that said that you could touch a prophet's cloak and be made well. There was none. There was none. So somehow she got faith developed from something that caused her to believe and now When we look at the end part of this scripture, we find that Jesus tells her that what she said was her faith speaking and that it was her faith that made her well. So something, somewhere, somehow caused her to have faith to believe that if she touched the hem of his garment, she would be made well. Where did she come up with that? And this is a perfect example of Mark eleven twenty three that says, If whosoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and doubt not in his heart, but believes those things that he says will, will, will happen, he will have whatever he says. Come to pass, the scripture actually says. So this is an illustration of that. Situation. This woman is saying something, and we know she believes what she said because she got it. She had to believe it or she wouldn't have got it. Jesus said, if you doubt not in your heart, but believe what you say. She believed she really, something brought this lady to the place where she really literally believed that she could touch the hem of his garment and be made well. And that faith, which was true faith because she actually got her healing, 
caused her to receive strength enough to claw through a crowd after bleeding for 12 years and touch his garment, and she was the only one that got anything. She was the only one. No one else received anything. Thousands of people, all wanting the same thing. And the scriptures only record one receives anything. That's a terrible ratio, isn't it? Do you think she knew something they didn't know? She did. She found a way to gain faith. Bible faith. Scripture faith. Now let's notice this. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. When's it going to work for you? When it's in your mouth. When's the scriptures going to work for you? When it's in your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Boy, don't that sound good. Wouldn't it be nice to have enough confidence to know, well, if I start doing that, it's just going to grow. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thought? It's the exact thought you should possess. I better not mess with that because as soon as I do it, I know it's going to grow because God said it would. I'm only going to do it if I really want it to happen because it's going to grow. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know that God released a blessing one time when he created the earth. Blessing was released. He didn't ever say, oh, stop, stop, stop. We don't want no more increase. Nope. He said, long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest. See, it's there. The blessing's in motion. There should always be an increase. Always should be an increase. And so this woman found something. She found something that caused her to believe that she could touch the hem of his garment and be made well. There was something that she heard because, see, we, Mark says, for she heard, for when she heard about Jesus. Well, what did she hear about him? What did she learn about him? What was the, what was the message that she heard? What, what caused her to come to the place to where she received faith enough to gain strength to claw herself through a crowd, touch the hem of his garment? which there's no scripture that says she can do that and receive exactly what she said. Up until that point, there was no scripture that said that. What gave her that idea that she could do that? Well, let's find out. Let's look at Acts 10.34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word, the message, which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. So he's, he's getting ready to tell you the message, the word that Jesus preached everywhere he went. Now, there was lots of parables and lots of stories, but it was the same message. He had the same message everywhere he went. He preached the same thing everywhere he went. Now, he would go off in the trails here and go off in the patterns there and add a story here or add a story there, but it was always the same message. Now, let's listen to that message. That message, that word, you know which was proclaimed throughout how much of Judea? All of it. He preached the same message everywhere he went. He had the same message everywhere he went. And began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, 
how, here it is, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Hallelujah. He was anointed by God. Now, when we hear anointing, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It doesn't, doesn't have a whole lot of meaning. It means to be immersed. What was he immersed in? The Spirit of God. He had the Spirit of God on him. And the Spirit of God was dwelling on him. And he was anointed to heal the sick and cast out devils and raise the dead. And he did all of it. Did all of it masterfully. Let's look at another version. Notice the message was preached throughout all Judea. What was that message? That message which we know was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began with the baptism which John preached. What is it? What is that message? Now let's look at another translation of that. You know about Jesus of Nazareth and how God, now notice this word, poured out on him the Holy Spirit and power. Is it starting to make sense? Who went about doing good, healing all that was oppressed of the devil. So what is it that she heard? She heard how God had poured the Holy Spirit out on him, and she knew that the reason by hearing the message she heard when she heard about Jesus, see the scripture said, she knew that that was that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on him. He had been immersed in that spirit. And she reasoned within himself that if the Holy or within herself, that if the Holy Spirit had been poured out on him, then there must be some on that cloak. And the reason that it was on that cloak was to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to cast out devils. So if I believe that and I touch that cloak, then it's going to remove the oppression of bleeding off of my life. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? She came to that conclusion. Well, what about the crowd? Remember the parable of the sower? Jesus qualified whether the soil would produce or not. And the qualifier was if the individual understood or did not understand. This was the message that if you don't understand, the word will be taken away from you. The Bible says this. It says those that were by the wayside are those who heard the word and understood it not. And Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in their heart. And then when we go to the bottom of that parable, he says, now these are those that were sown among good soil." Who heard the word and understood it. Understood it. And brought forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So understanding was the difference between whether or not an individual will bring forth fruit. Godly fruit in his life. And, 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 and so I don't leave you hanging there. If you go back to Joshua, Joshua tells you how to, how to have good soil, how to change. Even if you don't understand it, he tells you how to understand it. Because in Joshua, one version of that translation or one translation of that scripture says that if you'll recite the word day and night, you will understand how to perform it. So the scripture, Joshua, even if you start out with un, un, uh, unproductive soil, if the condition of your heart is in a place where it won't produce, Joshua, going back to it, tells you how to change the condition of your soul. How to change the condition of your heart so that your heart will, will be now become fertile. And how do you do that? By reciting the word day and night. It, it will change the condition of the heart. Well, see, this woman, there's two differences between this woman and the crowd. This woman hadn't seen a single miracle. She hasn't seen anybody raised from the dead. She hasn't seen any leopards cast out. She never saw the 
manna raining down from heaven. How do we know that? Where was she? In her house. Laying on a bed. Weak. Anemic. And forbidden to get out among people or they would stone her. So she didn't have anything to see. What did she have? Ears. She heard the message. She heard that message that the Spirit of the Lord has been poured out on him. That he's been anointed to heal. He's been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He's been anointed to heal the sick. And she was left alone with that thought. She was left alone where Jesus said, and if you go back to Luke 4.18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal the sick, to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those who are blind, and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And so she thought about that scripture and she began to get a revelation of the scripture that the Spirit of God is upon him. And, and if the Spirit of God is upon him and the Spirit of God has anointed him to heal, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made well. If I, and, and she keeps rehearsing that. But what are the people doing? The unsuccessful ones. Just exactly what God told Joshua not to do. First of all, they're not listening to anything he had to say. How do I know that? I know that because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And they all touched him and didn't get anything. So there couldn't be any faith. Because how did she get healed? Did Jesus just decide to heal her? No, because the Bible says he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? In other words, indicating he had nothing to do with it other than being the power source. She decided whether she received power or not. Not Jesus. Jesus was always on. He was never not anointed, never will be unanointed. I like what Paul Roberts said one time when they, he, he began to speak on the baptism of praying in other tongues and baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the news media was all mad about that back then. You know, that was a big thing. And they came up to him and, and said, uh, well, you just think you can turn God on and off anytime you want. He said, no, ma'am, God's on all the time. I just turn me on and off. <laughs> and so, see, Jesus was on all the time. But those people had no way to connect to him. Faith connected to, to the power. Well, we know they didn't have any faith because they're touching him and got nothing. They all went away sick. They all went away receiving nothing, but she grabs him and instantly the power come out of him. Jesus said, I perceived the power of virtue came out of me. Who touched my clothes? And the disciple said, Lord, you see the crowd thronging you. How do you say who touched me? Jesus said, I perceived that power or virtue came out of me. And he turned in the crowd and seeing the woman fearing and trembling. And she came and told him all that had happened. And so this crowd who has seen the manna rain out of heaven, they have seen the blind see, they have seen the lame walk, they've seen the dead raised, they've seen the demons cast out. They've seen the leopards cleansed. Happens no faith. The woman who has not seen anything has so much faith she receives strength to claw her way through a crowd and receive healing. Well, that's exactly what the Scripture said. Faith comes by hearing. Not by seeing. 
Seeing will not produce faith. What does it produce? We're going to see what it produces. It produces wonder and amazement. That's what it produces. And you know what you'll get with wonder and amazement? Wonder and amazement. Until something else happens and your mind shifts to the next thing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this woman was able to recite the message that she heard. Notice this. Now a certain woman. Now let's look at Mark's gospel, Mark's account of this. Are you getting anything out of this? Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Here's the part. When she heard about Jesus, what is it that she heard? How God anointed Jesus and Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that was oppressed of the devil. That's what she heard. And she meditated on that and thought about that. That's where she received faith to believe that if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Now, the point I want to make here is this. If we go and look at Mark 11, Jesus said this, Whosoever shall say, now pay close attention to this, because people miss this. And I try to say it many different ways, but they still miss it. So pay, pay careful attention to this. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say to the mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says. Now, usually I can quote that scripture and I'll say, now, what is it that you must believe? And almost a hundred times out of a hundred, the people will say the word of God. But what did Jesus say? What you say. Now, you do have to believe the word. That's how you get faith. There's two different things. There's the receiving of faith. The woman received faith when she heard about Jesus. When she heard that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, that he had anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that was oppressed of the devil. She received faith that way, but you don't release faith that way. You release faith through speaking words and speaking words that you believe. Now, does that make sense? You release faith by speaking words that she believed. Once faith comes, you can say it however you want it as long as it lines up with the faith that is in your heart. Does that make sense? Because Jesus said, you will have what you say. Now, the first step is you've got to get that faith. Now, once faith comes, and the faith comes from the Word, faith comes, you couldn't get faith out of God's Word unless there was faith in His Word. And so there is faith in God's Word, and when faith comes, and it does come, and it comes through hearing it. But once it comes, you can say it however you want to, as long as it agrees with the faith that's in your heart. You can put whatever words you want to put to it. You can say it however you want to say it, and it'll work for you. Now, remember, if, this is where you got to pay close attention. Faith comes in the heart. And when faith comes in the heart, you'll know it. You'll know faith is there. Faith is not something that doesn't exist. It's something that does exist. It's a very real, tangible substance. And when it comes into the heart, you know it. You don't need anybody to tell you. You know it. You know it. And they can beat you with a ball bat, but it won't change your mind. You know it's true. You know it's right. You know it's there because faith has come. But once it comes, all you have to do is say something that agrees with it. 
That's why Jesus said, Whosoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and doubt not where? In the heart. Faith comes, faith is in the heart. Now I can say it a way I want to say it. As long as my words agree with my heart, Jesus said I'm going to have exactly what I say. Does that make sense? Now the reason God designed it that way is so it would fit your situation. The reason God designed it that way is so it would fit your situation. You need to hear the word of God on the problems and the situations that you're facing until faith comes. And then when that faith comes, you can say it in a way that your heart agrees with it. And when you say it in a way that your heart agrees with it, Jesus said you're going to have something, and what you're going to have is exactly what you say. Now, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately, now we know how and why she said that. Faith came, she heard the message, and rehearsed it, and rehearsed it, and rehearsed it, and thought about it, and thought about it, and talked about it and heard it until faith come. And then she began to switch that faith. The faith became so strong on the inside of her, she just began to reason inside of herself that if I just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get a hold of his garment, if he ever comes by here, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. I'll be made well. See, faith comes and you're certain of it. You're not wondering about it or guessing about it. You're certain of it. You're certain you'll have it. You're certain you'll get it. You just have to find a way to perform your own words. And faith took care of that for her because she received strength enough to get out of the bed and claw her way through the crowd and get to him. Now, women were not very highly thought of at the time, and they were very oppressed. She had to fight to get through that crowd of men. They didn't just open up wide and let her march herself in there. No. There was a lot of resistance to getting there, but she received strength enough to get to him. And when she got to him, she got exactly what she said. Now, immediately the fountain of her blood, how long did it take? Immediately, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed in that, in, of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith. What made her well? Her faith did. Her faith made her well. Her faith made her well. Now notice Jesus didn't say, I made you well. But we know it came from him. We know that. I mean, we're intelligent enough to know that. But notice this. He put it on her faith. See, sometimes they would come to him and say, Lord, if you can do anything. And he would just stop them and say, if you can believe. If you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. See, there's a misconception. See, some people think that everybody Jesus touched got well. Did you know people think that? But do you know it's not true? Do you know that there's people that Jesus laid his hands on that didn't recover at all? Did you know that? Most people don't. Mark chapter 6 says, He could there do no mighty work except for he laid his hands on a few sick people with minor elements. He could there do no mighty work. He still laid his hands on them and some of them didn't get anything. Why didn't they get anything? And he marveled because of their unbelief. 
He marveled because of their unbelief. What did he do about it? He went about in a circuit, in a, teaching in their villages and teaching in their cities, teaching in their synagogue. And the next time he came back through there, all of them got healed. What happened? They heard. The first time, they didn't get anything because they didn't hear. The second time, they got it because they had heard and they had time to let that word sink into their ears. Jesus would say things like this. Let these words sink deep down into your ears because they produce a harvest. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So if her faith will make her well, what do you think your faith will do for you? Let's look at another example of the same. Let's go back to this example. Let's look at Peter and John. Let's look at one of the miracles. Remember I said the people that didn't receive anything, they saw all the miracles. That's why they were following. That's why we were clinging to them. That's why they were trying to touch them because they saw all the miracles and yet none of them received anything. Here's a perfect example of what I'm saying. Well, while he was holding on to, the, to Peter and John, remember when Peter and John went into the temple and there was a lame man that sat at the gate of beautiful, begging for alms, and Peter, and, and he looked up at Peter, expecting to receive something, and Peter said, Peter and John said, silver and gold we do not have, but such as I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man leaping and dancing and every other kind of thing, you know, he jumped up and began to walk. And, and so while he's holding on, look at the scripture, while this man who is walking, leaping and praising God was holding on to Peter and John, all the people greatly amazed. Remember, I said faith doesn't come by being, it comes how? Hearing. Ran towards what is called Solomon's colonnade. The people were filled with wonder and amazement, not faith. See, the people, the crowd, they would come to him because of what they thought they could get, and they wouldn't pay attention to anything he said. It was his words that mattered. It was his words that mattered. Now, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm, I want to tell you this story. We're going to wrap it up a little early tonight. I don't want to go past what the Lord puts in my heart. but So, uh, A few nights ago, last year we had, in our, in our business, we had the best year we ever had by far. Absolutely by far. In the middle of a pandemic. Isn't that good? You ain't got to fail because the world says you do. Now, if you believe what they say, you're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face and fail. You don't have to. That's up to you. It ain't up to nobody else. And uh, so we had the biggest year we ever had by far. Had the most money we ever had in the bank. It just kept climbing and just kept climbing. Praise God, that's a good place to be. If you've ever been without money, you'll know that's a good place to be. And, uh, you know, in businesses, you can have some hard times. And the problem is when you have a hard time in business, it ain't just you that's affected by it. There's all kinds of people that are affected by it. If you think you got pressure when you don't have money, think if you had 40 or 50 people wanting your money. And then uh, that adds a lot to it, you know. And so uh, it's good when you're doing well. You need to do well. See, did you know that Jesus come to preach the gospel to the poor? The word gospel means good news. What's good news to a poor man? You don't got to be poor no more. It's super simple. I think that's why confession is so hard, because it's too simple. Can't be that. You can't, can't work like that. It does. It works exactly like that. It works exactly like that because God said it did, because God created it that way. 
God didn't get anything out here on this planet without words. Everything on this planet came through words. That's why things on this planet responds to words, because that's how it got here. The one who says he has a green thumb, his plants will grow and do well because he believes that and because plants respond to words. We see that in Jesus' situation with the tree. The tree obeyed him. Jesus said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would say. And when you said, it said it would obey you. And so, uh, towards the end of the year, election year, you know, it always messes with the economy and different things. And, and I, think they, I think things went different than a lot of people thought they were going to go, at least for now. And uh, people clammed up on their money. And so we went from having the most money in our account to seeing it drop 10000 20000 30000 40000 50000 60000 Those keep adding up in case you didn't catch that. So from whatever we did have, we down 60000 70000 90000 100000 That's getting pretty rough. You're thinking, this is not a pattern that we can sustain. Isn't that right? And so I thought, well, I'm not going to let the economy dictate how I do. See, I could just be like everybody else and blame it on the economy and say, well, you know, nobody's spending money. I did say that a couple of times, and that's what I started having. Everybody's closing up. And so one night I did one of my walks, you know, one of my walks I do. And so I'm walking around, and I go on my walk. I'm going on a 40-minute walk, 40 minutes. It takes me 40 minutes to walk two miles. I probably shouldn't tell you that, but. Uh, I just did. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I've timed it out. You know, I know exactly how I got to walk and what I got to do and how many calories I burn. It's pretty nice. I enjoy it. And I spend time meditating in the Word. I spend time speaking the Word. I'll find something that's troubling me and I'll go after it. And so I'm walking along there, you know, and this night I decided that I was going to say the Spirit of the Lord leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. The Spirit of the Lord leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. The Spirit of the Lord leads me. Now, 40 minutes. How many people you know say the same thing for 40 minutes? How many people you know confess the Word of God for 40 minutes? You probably don't know a lot of them. But if you look at what God told Joshua, He said, say it day and night. That's one of the reasons why He said, Say it to yourself. Because you were supposed to be able to walk around in your daily life and be able to say it. Nobody even know what you were doing. They don't need to know. You need to know. You need to hear it. That you may be able to perform it. That you may be able to do it. That you may understand. And then you will prosper. And then you will have good success. We're not talking about anybody else on the planet but you. Right? They don't need to hear it. You do. Well, they do need to hear it. But you can't control them. You can control you. Right? It's you you can control. So you need to be able to walk around your daily life and confessing the scripture that's the answer to the problem. See, the Bible is an answer book. It's not a problem book. It's an answer book. It just starts off with the answer. You got to say the answer. 
So I said, according to, you know, the scripture says the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, how be it when he, the Holy Spirit has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, I know that scripture and have said it for years. So I have faith in believing on the inside of me that the Holy Spirit will lead me and guide me into all truth. Well, would all truth include my financial affairs? It would. It would. So I now know that the Holy Spirit will lead me and guide me into all truth. So now I can choose my words. And my words agree with the scriptures. My words are in alignment with the scriptures. And now I say the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. Now, it could be something else that I wanted to say. But tonight, I want to say this. I could say the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my family. And sometimes I do. But this night, I'm saying the Holy Spirit leads me and guides me in the... All truth concerning my financial affairs. Now I know that he wants me to prosper because he told me how to prosper. Now would God tell you how to prosper if he didn't want you to get it? If he was trying to keep you from prospering, would he tell you how to get it? No. He wouldn't tell you. Isn't that right? But he said, if you recite my words day and night, that you may be able to perform it, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So he just told me how to be prosperous. So now if I'm not prosperous, it's whose fault is it? You're looking at him. It's mine. It's mine. See, somebody said, well, if God wants me to have it, I'll just sort of end up with it. Did, you know Jesus didn't know that. Isn't it a shame that Jesus didn't know that? Because he just said in Mark 11, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. What is them? Things. And you will have what? Them. Well, if it was all up to God what you had, he wouldn't have said that. He'd just say, well, if God wanted you to have it, you'd have it. He didn't say that. He said, whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive them. What them? What is them? Things. Well, it's amazing what the Word says, isn't it? It's amazing how many times people in churches lied to you. Now, they didn't know they were lying. They had no idea they were lying. They just passed down that tradition. Well, honey, if God wanted you to have it, you'd end up with it. No. I tell you what, you can just count on it never coming with that attitude. It ain't never coming. It ain't never coming. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Isn't that right? So what you receive in this life isn't up to God. Now, there are certain things for sure. Certain things he's called you to. Certain things he's led you to. And you need to obey that. You don't go outside of that. Don't misunderstand me. You need to walk in whatever God's called you to do. You need to do what God's called you to do. But when it comes to you prospering, he left that up to you. When are you going to prosper and when are you going to have some good success? When you've recited the word day and night. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Them is the things. Does that make sense? So God's put it in your, put the ball in your court. He gave you the means. He gave you the seed. He told you how to plant it. The seed is the word of God. Remember Luke chapter 8 said the seed is the word of God. And so I'm confessing this for around 40 minutes. I'm, I'm walking two miles. 
I believe, confessing, I'm saying, the Spirit of the Lord leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. Because, see, my account's going this way, and I need it to go that way. Isn't that right? Isn't it better when you can't? Have you ever woke up one morning and had more money in your account than you thought you did and was upset about it? Nope. Nope. You have it. One of the number one problems with marriage is money. Just this. Somebody says money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of it that is. It's the love of money. The lust for money. That's why in heaven there's no lust for money because there's such an abundance it doesn't even count. There's just more than enough everywhere you turn. There is no lack. It's lost its value altogether. It's the lust of money. The love of money. And so, but on this planet, if you live here, you need finances. And so I'm confessing that and confessing that. And, and I'm gaining in the process of this, I'm gaining so much energy on the inside of me. There's so much positive energy on the inside of me. I mean, honest to goodness, I know exactly how Superman felt, like he could loop a building in a single bound. It's true. You can confess the Word of God till it has an effect on your emotional outlook. When you begin to confess the Word of God, it'll add a positive energy to you, and you'll have so much energy, you won't know what to do with it. You'll be able to just keep going and going and going. That's what happened to Joshua. Joshua had the same willpower when he was 80 years old that he had when he was 40. He wasn't looking to retire. Joshua still wanted the mountain. Joshua said, I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to do it. Give it to me. Let me give me the opportunity, God. Let me get in there. Well able. And so I'm confessing this and I'm gaining so much energy. And the reason that people don't produce in their life is their willpower is in the toilet. They have no energy to move forward. They're unable to face any kind of opposition without folding like a deck of cards. That's why God said, look, you're going to have a challenge. There's giants in the land. There are giants that are in the land of the promises in your life. There are promises in your life that there are giants that are opposed to you getting in there. There's a battle to be won. And the only way you're going to do it is you're going to have to draw strength from what I say. And you draw strength from what I say through saying what I say. Joshua's willpower was as strong or maybe even more stronger because you know an 80-year-old man don't think he can take a 30-year-old giant. But you couldn't tell Joshua that. Not only could you not tell him, he proved you he could do it. He said, I'm well able, and he did just that. He took that mountain. He took those giants. Why? Because he never had confidence in himself at all. He had confidence in God. And he became fully persuaded that he could do it. And he began so much energy and so much drive. So much drive that he could do it. You get to confessing the word of God and you'll come off the couch. You ain't going to be able to sit there. No, you'll have thoughts racing through your mind. You'll have so much energy you want to go. And so I'm confessing this. It'd be nice if I'd finish the story in it. So I'm confessing this and confessing this and confessing this. And so I, I had planned to go to Elkin on Monday, which was this Monday. And, uh, you know, but I didn't think much about it. It was just a plan. But I just had, like, just kept coming up. And it became now from a plan to you've got to be there. 
And all weekend long, I just, well, see, you know, the Bible, I used to say this all the time, and I still do. The, the, the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, therefore I'm always in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Ooh, isn't that a good one? Now, if you're always in the right place at the right time, there's probably a lot of good things that can happen to you. You know why bad things happen? Because you're in the wrong place. Why does good things happen? You know, sometimes even a blind squirrel can come across the nut every once in a while, you know. And so, but if you're in the right place, some good things can happen to you. Isn't that right? If you happen to be in the right place, there's good things that'll happen to you. I'm footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, so I'm always in the right place at the right time. And so I'm confessing that, and I, you know what I've just been saying this week. And told you, the Spirit of the Lord leads me and guides me into all truth concerning my financial affairs. And so I get there. And I pull up at Elkin, and then I notice this man standing outside talking to the, the manager, my brother, of that store. And I just kind of walked over to him. I didn't know who this man was, didn't know anything about him. But I, I, my brother had told me that there was a man that was asking if we could do fleet services for him. And so uh, he said he wanted us to put something together. I had happened to, his, his wife's BMW had tore up, and the transmission went bad on it, and we were the only people in town that could build it, and I built it for him. I personally built the transmission. I had never met him. Jason just took care of the work, and I got the transmission, and I rebuilt it and put it back in the car, and, of course, it worked fine, and everything was good on it. And uh, so he, he, he really took a liking to Jason and asked Jason if we could set up for his employees and maybe have some kind of program where his employees could benefit from it and, uh, and, and maybe do some fleet work for him. And so this was several months ago, and I drug my feet on it. So you get in trouble by dragging your feet. But anyway, on this day, I happen to be there, and he's there. And I walk up to him, you know, and they're in the middle of a conversation, and Jason introduces to me. I had an inclination when I did it that, that it was him that I'd heard about. And so uh, he brought it up. He said, you know, he said, Keith, I'd really like for y'all to be able to do my work. And I'm thinking, you know, he's got a couple hundred employees. And I said, well, how many employees you got? He said, well, in this town, we got 4,100. That's a lot of cars. That's a lot of people. And he said, but more importantly, I'd like for you to do my fleet services. I said, okay, how many? You know, I, uh, you know, he said, we spent a lot of money. And I said, uh, how much money do you spend? He said, well, we just got out of the budget office the other day and we spent $2.2 million. And I said, a year? He said, no, that was last month. This, is, this conversation is going in the right direction. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, the Spirit of the Lord leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. And he said, I'd like for you to be able to do that. Woo! Hallelujah. That'd change your financial outlook, wouldn't it? You know the Spirit of God knows where all that is. Do you know He knows where all the problems is? And He knows where all the answers are? See, you've got answers in your life that could solve someone else's problems. You just ain't in the right place. You just ain't got there. Somebody needs what you got. But you just haven't arrived yet. But you can get there. So you can get there from here. You can get there from here. And so, he said, I'd like for you to have that work. He said, now I know you can't handle it now. And I'm thinking, you're right, I sure can't. But I didn't say that, I thought it. 
Just because I thought it don't mean I got to say it. Ain't that right? I'm going to figure out a way to get there. See, Jesus said, take no thought. I'm just, I heard that thought, but I ain't taking it. I'm going to find a way to get there. And he made it easy for me. He said, I know you might not be able to do it now. He said, there ain't no way you don't have a big enough shop. I said, well, how many pieces of equipment do you have? He said, well, in this area. Now, listen carefully. He said, in this area, we have 1,700 pieces of equipment. He said, but this is one area in this region. One area in this region. He said, I got seven regions. There's multiple areas in the region, and he's got seven regions. Now, in the one area, there's 1,700 pieces of equipment. Ooh, that's a land flowing with milk and honey right there. Isn't it? And he said, I know you can't get to it all. He said, but just let's start. He said, and I'll get the fleet, one of the fleet managers to call you. He said, let's just start. He said, and if you can't get to it, I understand. He said, just keep working at it till you can. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that good? See, the Spirit of God leads you and guides you in all financial truth concerning your financial affairs. But it never had happened. I'm convinced it would never have happened. I would never be in the right spot if I'd have kept my mouth closed. See, I can sit in that recliner, get nice and comfortable, let that heater blow up one pants leg and out the other. Watch my favorite TV show and go broke. Or I can get up and do something about it. I can go up and get to talking, get to saying, when are you going to prosper? When are you going to have good success? When you've meditated in the Word day and night, when you've spoken softly unto yourself. I can do this. I can take the mountain. I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to do it. The spirit of truth leads me and guides me in all truth concerning my financial affairs. I am the foot, I, the, uh, the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, so I'm always in the right place at the right time. Isn't that good? Does that make sense? Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Her faith was what she said. See, what she said was her faith speaking. Seed of the Word of God developed in her heart in a way that it came out of her mouth. Jesus said, a good man under the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Now, do you think that fleet account's a good thing? You better believe it is. You better believe it is. A good man under the good treasure of his heart does what? Brings forth good things. How, Jesus? How does a man bring forth good things? How does a good man out of the good treasure, good deposit of his heart, bring forth good things? How, Jesus? How do I do that? From the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. From his mouth, you bring forth the good. See, it happens on the inside first. first. Faith cometh. Faith cometh, and then you release faith, and you release it through the sound of your own voice. Hallelujah. Time we start saying some stuff, ain't it? You got to say it. Say it. Find you a problem area. I know you got them because you live on this planet. <laughs> you ain't got no problems. You ain't the wrong planet. You must be a Martian. Right? You've landed in the wrong place. And you know you ain't alone. That's another thing. I want to say that and I'll close. Y'all ready to close up? But Satan will isolate you and think you're the only one with that problem. You're the only one. Oh, no, 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 no. Just look around. All the people sitting beside you, they got the same problem. They just ain't telling nobody. In some form or another. Right? 
We all go through the same. See, how do I know that? Because the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That we're not limited. But see, see, the Bible says that, that uh, uh, Satan, Satan is limited. He can't go outside of the flesh and tempt you. There is no temptation that sees you that's not common to man. What does that mean? We all have the same temptations. We all get the same problems. We all got the same issues. We all end up with all the same kind of... Now, sometimes certain problems affect some people more than others, but we've all had the same kind of issues. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So that means he's limited, and we're unlimited. That makes sense? But he'll isolate you and make you think you're the only one with that anxiety. You're the only one with that fear. You're the only one that always messes up with your mouth. You're the only one. Nope. You're surrounded by a lot of people with the same problem. You got some good company. Hallelujah. But see, you can change. Amen. Isn't that good? We can change. We can overcome. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Christ. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith that will cause you to overcome. Your faith will put you over. Amen. Father, we just love you and praise you, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the truth of your word. And, Father, we just pray tonight that these words will sink deep down into our ears. And, Father, we just give you all the praise and the honor and the glory that you've given us seed. You said in your word, Lord, that you've given us seed for the sower. Lord, you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and glory for that, Father. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God's Word good? It is, isn't it? And uh, when you meditate in it and speak it, get it in your lips, you'll be surprised at what it does to your emotional makeup. The energy level will come up.